Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today, because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... What? Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. Good morning, everybody. It is Monday of Masters Week. At least if that's when you're listening to this, and if you can't tell by me screaming at you here in the first second, I am thrilled. Thank you for joining me. This is the opening tea podcast for Masters. Masters Week. And if you guys don't already know from reading some of my other content, it is my favorite week of the golfing year or of the year. Maybe some of my favorite days of the year, regardless of golf or whatever. You know, this is what I consider the Super Bowl. Yeah, sure, I'm an NFL fan and I like watching football, but golf is my main sport, in case you all didn't know that already. And so this is the best week of the year for me. What we get is, first off, we get what's, in my opinion, the best golf course in the world. We get the best field in the world, except for maybe two golfers that should be here, Daniel Berger and Victor Hovland, but we'll get into them in a little while when we're talking about the field. And we get the best coverage available to us for a golf tournament. I know that's weird to say, but it is true. In fact, this year the Masters has taken it one step further. First off, they have the best shot tracker technology out there. In fact, the the PGA Tour pretty much copied it with the PGA Tourcast. So if you guys do follow PGA Tourcast and have not attended a Masters uh, week using their Tourcast... It's fairly similar, but instead of just featured groups coverage getting on video, you need video of every single golfer in the field. In addition to that, they've added a new feature called the Tournament Feed, which you can add your favorite players to it, star your favorite players, and you're going to get basically live golf shots every single time they hit a golf shot this week. It, it really is just truly incredible what the Masters have done to us. And in addition, if you're a college football fan, You're going to get college game day on the 12th green. One of the best holes at Augusta National. You're going to get college game day broadcasting live on Saturday morning, the third round. Moving day at Augusta. You're going to get college game day there. So all types of excitement going on. Plus, we got ESPN having the early round coverage. I can't wait. Um, It looks, uh, looks like it's going to be an amazing week. And on top of all that, we get not one, but Two millionaire makers to play in. And, you know, granted, I guess, you know, one of them is is for the very rich people coming in at $4,500 a buy-in. But, hey, listen, when the stock market is up 1,500 points and Walt Disney stock is up 10%, those are just things you absolutely love to see coming into Masters Weekend. For those of you that follow me on Twitter or, or follow my stuff, you know that I'm a pretty big Disney fan. But certainly, uh, I'm also, I come from a, a background of stocks. Uh, that's uh, my trade here. So certainly love to have great days on the stock market, but there can't be a better time for me in my bankroll than to have it happen during Nasser's week. So good luck to everybody that will be competing this week in the Millionaire Makers. Let's see if we can get one, maybe even two winners out of it. So let's go on. It is the Opening Tea Podcast, as I mentioned. And we're going to get a special feature here this week in the Opening Tea Pod. I'm bringing on my buddy, my co-host on Wednesday evenings, Ben Razzo. We're going to give you 
our opening bets and a little bit of a betting preview. Of course, you know, you can take a lot of the same information and apply it to DFS. I'm sure we'll mention DFS. It's hard for us not to, as that's obviously where Ben and I make our hay a lot of the time. But we will talk about our opening bets here coming up at the end of the podcast. So I'm going to go through all my normal stuff here on the Opening Tee Podcast, which, if you're not familiar with the first of three Awesome Golf weekly podcast series, all short-form podcast. This one's going to be a little longer because I'm bringing Ben in at the end. Roughly all three of them are going to measure up or add up to about an hour. You can, of course, find all of those on the Awesome Golf podcast by going to awesomeo.com, scrolling over onto the banner to find podcasts, click on Awesome Golf once you're in that podcast thing, and you'll be able to get all of my great content. So, as we start each and every week on the Opening Tee Podcast with the foursome of facts, which I kind of just give you some of the facts from around the world of golf. And last week I gave you Robert McIntyre streaking in, came in a tie for third last week. And then all of a sudden this week at 25 to 1, Bobby Mack pulled out the win in Cyprus. So certainly want to keep an eye on stuff like that. Again, a 25 to 1 winner just by listening to this podcast. Not too shabby. Others, DJ and Matsuyama, how about those guys? They look like they are in incredible form. What I loved about Matsuyama is his short game is peaking at the right time, his around the green game. I have never seen him look more comfortable when he misses a green than he is right now. So at $8,700 next week, or this week, I should say, at the Masters, Hideki Matsuyama, certainly well in play, and I think well in play to win the golf tournament. He is 4 for 4 in coming in the top 10 here in his last four starts. The only reason why he didn't come in the top 10 in his other start, well, because because he didn't start. He had to withdraw. He fell down the gosh darn stairs three years ago as he came in as the favorite and had to withdraw after hitting his opening tee shot. A brutal beat for Dustin Johnson. That's who I'm speaking about. But boy, oh boy, he looks incredibly good right now. I know he's just coming back from COVID, but it looks like he doesn't have any resulting problems uh, from it. Uh, of course, the big news about Pfizer Day coming out with a vaccine that is showing 90% effectiveness. Gotta love all that. Gotta love all the guys that ended up getting COVID, like Tony Finau, Dustin Johnson. I'm sure those guys feel even a little bit more comfortable today uh, than they did uh, last week, uh, given the fact that there is a vaccine that looks to be coming on uh, it looks to be in the holster, so good news there. Uh, next one, Brooks. Uh, Brooks Kepka. as I suspected and, and kind of talked about all week, I thought he'd get himself into the top 10 and get himself into contention, get himself ready for this week. He did that. In fact, he actually had a shot to win. He got it to 9 under, heading to the back 9. The winning score was only 13 under, so he needed a 4 under on the back to post a score, but I'm sure if he had posted 11 or 12 under, it would have uh, made Carlos Ortiz a little bit more scared than he already was. But Carlos Ortiz, man, this guy loves the fall circuit. All of his best finishes have come in this fall swing. So keep an eye on him. Take note of that because next year we want to take a look at that. There are just golfers that do. Sebastian Munoz, his teammate uh, from college, Carlos Ortiz, specific Brendan Todd, specific guys that just get it done. Brian Gay, for all that matter. Okay, last one I want to talk about is Jason Day as his Sunday struggles continue. Last time he had to withdraw due to a neck injury. This in, injury, excuse me. This time though, he just didn't play good. Ended up recovering, but four over at one point in the day, and that is not going to help him win a Masters green jacket for the first time. His iron play looks good though. His off the tee game is all right as well, and we know how good his short game is. So Jason Day, 
peaking at the right time. Speaking of peaking at the right time, as you guys know, the Masters is almost here, and you're going to get to celebrate the final golf major of the year with an awesome plus weekly pass for 50 percent off when you use promo code augusta at checkout that's one week of everything osmo plus has to offer for the price of just an nfl weekly pass so pretty darn cheap this package includes access to all of osmo plus feature uh features including player projections ownership projections my model that is already out and live that includes uh first rounds of ownership projections and so much more you're also going to get our premium slack channel lineup builder and everything else in this Offer is valid through Friday, so in case you miss it for the beginning week stuff and want my in-tournament stuff and NFL, you'll be able to get to use it through Friday. So again, that's promo code AUGUSTA, A-U-G-U-S-T-A, for all of those that don't know how to spell it. It's me. It's just I sometimes I have a typo. I forgot one of the U's. Um, but in any case, use promo code AUGUSTA at checkout, and you're going to get 50% off the Platinum Weekly Pass. That's going to get you MMA content this week, Masters content, NFL content, if we got any Rocket League stuff going on, which I've gotten into myself recently, not the DFS portion, just playing it. I love Rocket League. What a game it is. Uh, and so much more. We're, you're going to get all of that for just the price of the NFL Weekly Pass, and you're going to get so much more with that. So great time to use promo code Augusta at checkout. Okay, let's go to our statistical review from last week. It's where I give you uh, the age-old statistics versus the new age statistics. So Talking about like driving distance uh, and driving accuracy versus off the tee, stuff like that. So let's start with off the tee, which if you read my first cut article, which is of course live and free now on Osmo.com, what you're going to see there is a tweet that I put out from somebody, uh, Dylan Bryan at the 15th Club, who did a little research and said that when it comes to top fives here at Augusta, there's one statistical category that most of the golfers that wind up in the top five end up doing so much better than other golfers, and, and it is off the tee, gaining almost four-tenths of a stroke more off the tee than anywhere else. Uh, now, of course, that doesn't mean you have to hit a good off the tee to win here because Jordan Spieth certainly didn't do that, and Danny Willis not that good off the tee either. And, in fact, Patrick Reed is not that great either. So um, maybe not have to win, but certainly to come in the top five or top ten, according to Dylan's research, uh, you do. So let's take a look at off the tee from last week. Scotty Scheffler in the field this week. He is playing. Uh, he came first uh, off the tee. Uh, Dustin Johnson, number two. Victor Hovland, three. Sam Burns, four. Johnny Vegas, five. Charlie Hoffman, six. Books Kepka seven. Uh, excuse me, Scotty Scheffler is eight. I think I wrote down that number uh, one name wrong here. Uh, I apologize. Uh, uh, let's see. Let's keep going. Max Homa also in the top ten. It's not. Uh, it's not Scheffler. Uh, I was writing Sergio, but then I realized he missed the cut, and I don't put anybody that missed the cut in here because it's only two rounds. So scratch Scheffler. It's actually Johnson led the field, then Hovland, then Burns, Vegas, Hoffman, Kepka, Scheffler. Homa, Matsuyama, Corey Connors, and Podrick Harrington. Very interested to see Podrick Harrington jump up in the top 10 here, so that must mean that driving accuracy probably found itself, or at least a couple of guys there uh, in the top 10. So let's go out. First, we're going to do driving distance. Adam Scott led the field this week. Man. But I'll tell you, his driving accuracy, not the case. Dustin Johnson was number two. Will Gordon, number three. Jay Day, four. Ricky Barnes, five. Podrick Harrington. Where's this burst of... Uh, Speed, energy, distance. Where's it coming from? He's number six. Finau, Kepka, seven, eight. Sam Burns, nine. Came Davis, number ten. We switch to driving accuracy. Let's see if we get any crossover here. Doc Redman, Bryce Garnett, Austin Cook, Michael Thompson, Corey Connors, just Corey Connors, Russell Henley. Oh, there's Scotty Scheffler, Hunter Mahan, Adam Long, Charlie Hoffman, Dustin Johnson. He comes in an eighth. So Johnson, the rare 
driving it far and straight, which is the reason why he's number one off the tee. But it looks like driving distance prevailed here a little bit more. There's more golfers there in the driving distance than there is in accuracy. Although Scotty Scheffler, Corey Connors, and Dustin Johnson showed up in all all three categories. Yeah, all three. Uh, the three only the only three golfers to do so. Okay, let's move on to strokes gain on the approach. Uh, Sepp Straka led the field. Looked like it too if you if you followed his uh, log like I did. Harold Varner was number two. Sam Burns three. Will Gordon number four. Adam Long five. Shane Lowry six. The top golfer that is playing this week there. Shane Lowry. Maverick McDaly, 7, Scott Brown, 8, Kramer Hercock, 9, and Adam Scott, number 10. Surprised not to see DJ on there because DJ did lead the field in greens and regulation last week. He was just came just came outside the top 10 and gained 0.8 strokes uh, on the approach. But um, certainly when you lead the field in greens and regulation, you're gonna that's going to provide a good source of scoring here at Augusta this week. So Johnson's iron game certainly looks to be in play. Aaron Wise, number two. Sam Burns, three. Jason Day, number four. Varner, five. Shane Lowry, six. Hovland, seven. Straka, eight. Carlos Ortiz, nine. Ty Hatton, number 10. All right, so I included around the green here. I don't have scrambling numbers. Uh, So uh, I just do around the green. And Carlos Ortiz, man, he led the field this past week. Nate Lashley also up there, Satoshi Kadaira, Jason Day, no surprise to see Day there, Patton Kazire, Graham McDowell, Harold Varner, Cam Tringale, Max Homa, Taylor Gooch, and the guy I just mentioned, Hideki Matsuyama here at the top of the show saying how good he looks around the green and gaining .84 strokes, no surprise, and 1.13 with the putter in addition to his 1.44 ball striking, and that leads up, adds up to a T2 Hideki Matsuyama streaking into Augusta. Okay, in terms of putting, you know, we're going to be on totally different surfaces this week. No surprise there. Uh, let's start with strokes game putting. Dewey Vanderwalt, number one. I'm sorry. Mackenzie Hughes, number one. Brooks Kepka, number two. Dewey Vanderwalt, number three. Seb Straka, four. Colors Ortiz, five. Austin Cook, six. Ty Hatton, seven. Taylor Gooch, eight. Doc Redman, nine. And Hideki Matsuyama, number ten. All right, let's match that up with some putts per green in regulation. I know that is kind of silly because it, it takes, honestly, it takes probably more, um, probably takes more scrambling. Eh, probably both. John Hunt, number one. Hey, Mackenzie Hughes, number two. Adam Scott, three. Kepka, four. Harding, five. Gordon, six. Tringale, seven. Vanderwall, eight. Thompson, nine. And Strzok at ten. So a lot of crossover there between the two, um, between putts per green, uh, green in regulation and strokes game putting. Um, but, uh, there's a lot that goes into it. Like for example, Will Gordon, you know, he hit a bunch of his approaches really close. Um, so, you know, his strokes game putting was not in the top 10, but here he is, uh, what number five in terms of strokes, uh, in terms of putts per green and regulation. So, um, just something to interesting to note there. All right. Um, let's go to our cut sweat segment and I've only looked at the negatives guys, this, uh, the negative guys, not the guys that made it just the guys that missed it because there were too many. And a broken heart. Too many misses and a broken heart. Me being the broken heart. Jordan Spieth being the guy that missed it. Uh, And in case you weren't following me on Friday or following the golf tournament, he needed to make one of two putts inside of five feet. That's right. One of two putts inside of five feet. He couldn't do it. Robbie Shelton. He needed to shoot even par on the front side or his back. And couldn't after bogeying the first. That included a missed 25-footer on 18. How about Wyndham Clarks? Tied for two with Bermuda. Comes here. He needed to play the last two holes at one under. 
We bogeyed the eighth hole, the easy uh, par five there before birdieing the ninth, but still missed by one. And Rick Norlander, how about him? He missed a 14-footer on the ninth hole, his 18th. He also needed even par on the back and couldn't do it. Shot one over. Lucas Glover, he needed to shoot one under on the back. He birdied 10, but bogeyed the next three of his next four holes to put him in a hole. Then he birdied 16 and 17 and had a seven-footer on 18 to make the cut. Couldn't do it. Missed it. No surprise. Lucas Glover, after all. Zingjun Zhang, he needed to even par on the back and couldn't do it, including a missed 27-footer on 18. How about Dylan Fratelli? He's playing this week. He needed one over on the back and shot two over, including a double on six and a bogey on seven. He missed a 47-footer for the weekend on nine. Siwoo Kim, his uh, missed cut almost as bad as Spieth's. He missed a six-footer. He needed to get up and down on 18 for the weekend. He couldn't do it. Hudson Swafford, he missed a 14-footer. Kevin Stroman, he missed a 24-footer. And the last one, Charles Schwartzel. Well, he waited overnight to try and get up and down from the green side on 9, his 18th hole. He couldn't do it. Missed a shorty uh, inside 10 feet to miss the weekend. But he'll be here this week. And it's a great little transition there. Into our DFS preview, I mentioned we've got two millionaire makers on DraftKings this week. The $4,500 buy-in and the $20 buy-in. Two chances to win a million bucks. And on FanDuel, well... At least they're not offering us a million dollar first place, but they are offering us quite a bit more than what they've given us in most recent history here. Giving us 200K, a million guaranteed for a $15 buy in, and 100K to first for the $555 buy in. The $3 buy-in this week over there on FanDuel, that's offering 20 k to first. The exact same amount of people in it as the $15. Uh, so interesting there. 40 k for the $44. So certainly up in their game is FanDuel uh, this week. Uh, they're actually even offering 50 k to first for the $1,650 buy-in. So good contest and prize pools over on FanDuel DraftKings. I mentioned the two millionaire makers. You got 100k to first for the $5 buy-in and you got 100k to first for the $200 buy-in this week. Plenty of contest and prize pools uh I'm sorry, price price points. There we go. Sorry guys. Price points uh to choose from. All right, now let's learn I mean, who doesn't? Uh, I'm sure most of you listening to this probably have a uh, clue at how Augusta National plays or has seen it before. But in case this is your first time or new to golf, new to DFS golf, new to PGA DFS, whatever you want to call it, uh, then uh, this uh, little section is for you. Uh, the par is 72. It plays about 7,400 yards. The course difficulty. Well, the course can fluctuate on a year-to-year basis. It typically is one of the top 10 toughest, sometimes it can be the toughest, depending on how fast the greens are, depending on weather condition. Uh, last year in 2019, it ranked 16th with a showing uh, just coming in under par. No surprise there when the winner was 13 or 14 under. But the week uh, year before that, when Patrick Reed won, it was the seventh hardest coming in just over par. So you can see the fluctuation. It really has to do with conditions of the golf course which they're always pristine. I really mean conditions as in the sense of are the greens running incredibly fast where you can't stop anything or do they have some give to them, uh, which last year they definitely had some give to them. The year before, Patrick Reed, not as much. The year before that, when uh, Jordan Spieth won a couple of years ago, uh, I'm sorry, when Danny Willett won. I still think Jordan Spieth won that year. Danny Willett won at minus five. It was the toughest test all year that the play, uh, pros played it. it was, the course was incredibly difficult. The greens were the hardest that I've seen them in my 20 years of watching. 
Augusta um, here. I'm probably been watching. Jesus, Louisa, I'm 33, so I've probably been watching Augusta for about 28 years, knowing what I was watching. To be honest with you. So just short, I did not get to see any Nicholas's win. I'm sorry, so that's why I'm a Tiger fan, not a Nicholas fan. For all those that might be a tad older than me and did watch Nicholas uh, win a couple of Masters. Okay, let's go into the whole dispersion of the par threes, measuring 240, 180, 155, and 170. But let me tell you that 155, that is quite a daunting shot. Just ask Jordan Spieth. The 10 par fours measure 445, 350 on that second hole. That is going to be the only par four under 400 yards, though. In fact, it's going to be the only par four under 440 yards. As we go 495, 450, 460, 495, 505, 440, 440, 465. That's where the golf course gets its meat. Where they where it doesn't get its meat is the four par fives. The second hole, a 575-er. That plays all downhill, definitely reachable. The eighth hole, 570. It's uphill, but again, reachable if you play those mounds in the right correctly. 510 for the 13th hole, which Bryson's going to try and drive this week. And then the 16th hole is 530 yards. Grass type here is Poa and Bent throughout. Average green size, 6,400 square feet. Water hazards, you're going to get six, and they all come into play. Not just like they're there. No, they all come into play. 44 bunkers. And the rough length here at Augusta National, as is typical here with Augusta, not very much. Inch and a half in that secondary cut, which will affect the the ball going into the greens. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Um, But there just isn't that much of it. That's probably why Spieth has been able to succeed here so well, because while off the tee does matter in terms of your positional uh, finish, uh, you can spray it a bit and get away with it, and that's what Spieth has done in his time here. All right, speaking of, uh, we go into the facts and figures now where I give you a little tidbit about each little category. Uh, I already mentioned off the tee significantly, but in terms of driving accuracy and distance, it ranked eighth easiest with just over 60% of the, uh, 67% of the fairways hit and 17th easiest with the average drive climbing just north of 296 yards. The approach to the green, even with one of the top 10 easiest fairways to hit, the greens, not so much. Just shy of 76, 75 Sorry, 75% GIR. Uh, then when you miss those greens 35% of the time, you're only going to get up and down 55%. And once you're on the greens, they're going to be hard, 11th hardest last year on the PGA Tour. It is a Alistair McKenzie design. Robert Trent Jones had a redesign there a little while ago, and there are 94 players in this field with the top 60 and ties making the weekend. But if you're within 10 shots of the lead... You make the weekend no matter what place you're in. So theoretically, all 90 could make the 94 could make the weekend, but I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, it's just it, it hasn't happened uh, in quite some time. I don't know if it's ever happened that the entire field is within 10 shots going into Saturday. How did they get here? We've got 19 different ways that you could have qualified for this year's Masters, which again is a little different. Remember, this field was actually set in April of this year. So seven months ago is when this field was finalized. So players like Daniel Berger and Victor Hovland actually did not get in the field this week because they qualified after. Daniel Berger, of course, uh, had his great run and win uh, once we came back from COVID, and Victor Hovland had his win in Puerto Rico. Uh, again, actually, Puerto Rico doesn't even qualify you. Victor Hovland got in the top 15 in the world after that win in Puerto Rico, though. Um, which was past the cutoff deadline for the Masters. So he'll be in next year, as will Daniel Berger. They've already qualified, but they're not here this this week. So how 
Did the golfers get here that are, of course, Masters champion, lifetime exemption? That is the number one. The U.S. Open champions, the British Open champions, and the PGA champions from the last five years. The winner of the Players' Championship from the last three years. The current gold medalist, Justin Rose, but he probably can get there other ways too. Uh, The U.S. Amateur Champion and runner-up, the British Amateur Champion, Asian Pacific Amateur Champion, the Latin America Champion, the U.S. Mid-Am Champion, the first 12 players including ties in the 2019 Masters, the first four players including ties in the 2019 U.S. Open, the first four players including ties in the 2019 British Open, the first four players including ties in the PGA Championship, Individual winners of PGA Tour events that award at least 500 FedEx points. That's important. From previous Masters to the original scheduled Masters of April 19th, 2020. Those qualifying for the 2019 Tour Championship. The 50 uh, leaders on the final official World Golf Ranking for the previous calendar year. The top 50 leaders on the official World Golf Ranking published during week 11, which is March 15th, 2020. So that is how we are here, and typically I would end the podcast with my salary guesses for the week, in case this is your first time coming to the Opening Tee Podcast. But because it is the Masters, instead we're going to do a little bit of a betting preview. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pause it here for a brief second while I get Ben Raza up and going, and we will uh, test all the uh, mics and audios, and we'll come back on the other side of this quick little break with our betting preview uh early week betting preview for the Masters, so stay tuned for that. Uh, and we'll see you on the other side, so hold on one second. Okay, so I've got Ben here with me, but uh, Ben, just before he came on, let me know that uh, the cut rule that I just told you guys about uh, is actually wrong. The They have done away with, if you're within 10 shots of the lead, you make the weekend. Nope, that's not the case. It's now 50 and ties make the weekend, no 10 shot rule. So, it probably doesn't do much, uh, Ben, for me in terms of betting or DFS. It doesn't really matter too much in terms of who I was going to play. But maybe it, it impacts the, the betting markets a, a little bit if you want to look at that route. But we don't really need to discuss that now. First, what I want to do is I want to bring in you, Ben, and talk about some of our best bets. It is early on here in the week, which sometimes getting in on the numbers early can certainly help. Of course, you could have gotten in these numbers a long time ago, too. So, Ben, have you started your card prior to this? Were you betting on anybody prior to the week? So, I, I did try to take a couple positions here and there. Nothing major. Uh, I know a lot of people like have tickets on guys like Bryson and, and some big names from long ago, and you got great odds, and that's always a fun way to do it. But I'm excited to get into it. Uh, Masters, to me, is always somewhat wide open. You can get some good prices on some big-name players. Yeah, you certainly can. And, you know, I know that obviously uh, taking taking numbers or betting on guys pre-week can certainly get you numbers. Like, you know, I saw one on like Bryson at 41 uh, last year. Those numbers are certainly hard to get and certainly can turn out to be nothing investments, but certainly they can turn out to be very good ones as well. So now, however, Bryson is not 40 to 1 to win. He's 9 to 1. And prior to yesterday's event... Dustin Johnson was sitting around 15 to 1 in most markets. Now, though, he's 9 to 1. And, and Ben, he's only missed one Masters in the last five years, and that's because he fell down a set of stairs uh, and ended up having to withdraw after hitting his opening tee shot. But other than that, he's got four top 10s here, and he's done pretty much everything but win. So at 9 to 1, 
Are you starting your betting card off with Dustin Johnson, or do you think you can get a better number when the tournament starts? I'd probably wait on that. I think what you mentioned was important. His odds were more in that 15 to 1 range not that long ago. That was probably the time to do it. Uh, I'm going to open mine with Rom. You know, he's in the same neighborhood, but he's 11 to 1, I see out there looking at our odd shopper, which shops those odds for us. Uh, to me, that's where I want to go. I think he has everything that we want. Playing great golf, he's got some experience. Two straight top tens at Augusta. Uh, price is right for me to, to start my card with Rom. Yeah, and and you bring up a good thing about our odds shopper. If if you're not, if you don't know what Ben is talking about, go to Osmo.com. Check out that banner right across, and you'll see a tab for odds shopper. There you can click, and you're gonna get right across the banner up at the top. It says the Masters. Click it, and you're gonna get all of the odds to win top five, finish top ten, finish top twenty, round leaders, tournament lines. And everything else, but not only that, you're going to get it from at least three sources, if not more. We've got DraftKings, PointsBet, SugarHouse, and a few more. So check that out, Odds Shopper on Osmo.com. Really good stuff. So you're going to start with Rom, who is 11 to 1 on DraftKings, only 10 to 1 on SugarHouse. That's why we use that Odds Shopper to find the best line for us. I think that makes sense. Back to back top tens at Augusta, and of course, second place in his last start. So. He's your anchor man. How about when we move down that range a little bit? Check out that 30 to 1 range. We've got Patrick Cantley coming off a win. A guy that you love, Hideki Matsuyama. His short game, call it around the green game. I mean, he did have a good punting week in Houston, but his around the green game over this last couple of months, he's I've never seen him look more comfortable than he is right now around the green. So if he does miss it this week, get confidence he'll be right there. And Patrick Reed. So Cantley, Matsuyama, and Reed. I think they're all playing great golf and have all shown the capacity to compete here at Augusta. No doubt about it. You mentioned Cantley got the win. Decky, he hasn't won in a long time. Yeah, 2017. Uh, really yeah. good. And then Patrick Reed is a guy I always like to go to. He grinds. He can handle a lot of different conditions. If I had to pick between the three, it would be Reed, but I'm gonna, I can't believe I'm going to do it. I think you have to consider Bubba at 33-1. to 1. He's playing phenomenal. He's gained tee to green basically automatically in nine straight. Crushing it off the tee, crushing it with the irons, and he loves Augusta. We know that. So, thirty-three to one. I think the Bombers may have an advantage with the November start. I actually am looking to Bubba now, right, Marquette? Yeah, he what two-time Masters champion for Bubba Watson, right? Going to try and yeah. make it three, and is back-to-back top tens that he's coming off of. So, very interesting there. All right, we move down the betting list a little bit again. This is just kind of our. Little 10-minute, 15-minute opening uh, bets that we're looking at. Certainly, you can apply this to, to players on DraftKings. And, and, of course, if you want more info on who Ben and I are targeting for our DraftKings lineup, check us out live before lock on 8.30 Wednesday night. Probably one of the last shows in the industry. We we do it there because there's a bunch of withdrawals now with COVID. But hopefully, we won't have any more this week as Joaquin Neiman has already withdrawn. But as we move down, we'll double the odds that we just looked at. I'm going to go into the 60 to 1 range. You know, you can go up to 80 to 1 if you'd like. We've got guys like Matthew Fitzpatrick, Louis Oosthuizen, who seem to be playing decent golf. We also got Scotty Scheffler, 66 to 1. And then we've got three guys, no, four. Four golfers that are playing terrible golf right now, but all have a top five at Augusta within the last two years. Jordan Spieth, Ricky Fowler, Justin Rose, Paul Casey. 
In fact, I can even go one more and throw you in Sergio Garcia, who won three years ago. All of them are 70 to 1 or worse. Do you have interest in any of those in the betting market this week? So that's a very interesting range that you talked about, not just for betting for DFS. I don't think I do in the outright market, to be honest. Maybe a sprinkle on a guy like Sergio or or, or Ricky, but I I don't think I'm going to get there in any major capacity. I do want to say, just to echo your thoughts, uh, obviously we're just going broad strokes here. Me and Jason both will have more in-depth betting content coming out throughout the week. We're going to put some quick hitters out there, not just with outrights, with top tens. So maybe make the cut parlays have some fun with some head-to-heads as well. So I think if I had to look for a winner here, it would be Scotty Scheffler, just sticking with the theme of players who are automatically going to gain strokes off the tee. He does that as consistent as anybody. He came back from the COVID situation. He was not nearly as effective, but I do like that he got some reps. He played last week in Houston, and we know this guy's just got mega talent. So is it a stretch? Absolutely, but we're talking about massive odds at this point. Yeah, we, we, we definitely are. And also, in addition, um, he's looked superb off the tee. I mean, I followed his log uh, quite a bit last week. He was in a couple of important teams for me. And uh, he just really struggled with his irons, which just concerned me a little bit here. Um, I actually think the green complexes are going to be somewhat similar to what they just faced at the Houston Open at Memorial Park. I mean, they're obviously going to be uh, more difficult here at Augusta, but... They got a good test. The 31 golfers that teed it up last week that are also teeing it up this week, I think actually got a pretty good test of what they're going to see. Um, now, granted, there are different surfaces. You know, we're playing on Poa Bent this week. We played on Bermuda last week. But still, I don't care what grass surfaces you're playing. It's still, if the green complexes are, are a lot of shaved runoffs and such, uh, it's difficult anywhere you play. So um, certainly like the fact that a lot of golfers did that. All right, as we move down, again, this is getting into more we want to bet on the each way. I don't think we're going to find a winner out of here. You know, if you look at the winner of uh, the tournament the last five years and their odds to win the tournament, nobody better than 40 to 1. That's even including Danny Willett when he won, which is crazy to think. Um, I know some people got him a lot higher than that, but uh, Spieth was like 11 to 1. Reed was, I think, 30 to 1. Tiger was 18 to 1. So, really, we haven't seen any long winners, but certainly guys that can get into the top 10. Cameron Smith, how about a pair of Camerons actually? Cameron Smith and Champ, they're going off at 90 to 1 to win, which is going to put them, you know, roughly in the 14 to 1 for a top 10. Jason Kokrak, Lee Westwood in the field, and Sung J M all at 100 to 1. So any of those five guys interest you? Yeah, I think it's really determining, and this is the key this week. We're going to talk a lot about it. You know, what is this course going to do if it's wet? Will guys like Cameron Champ really benefit because he can drive the ball so long? Can a guy like Cameron Smith get away with, you know, not the best off the tee game? He's playing fantastic. And if you have a narrative, I think that leads you to certain bets. So I will say that if you're looking on that Bammer narrative, obviously Cameron Champ is someone I think we have to consider to get in the mix, he can get hot with the putter. But if you don't think that that's a massive advantage, certainly he he's going to lose his best weapon, and then it'll be a lot tougher. You could look to guys like Cameron Smith, honestly, who does it a lot differently. Totally agree. Uh, I think it, it, what I love about Augusta is that it brings in both players. You know, it brings uh, in the best in the world, and it brings in those guys. You know, like Smith, that is similar to Spieth that literally are terrible off the tee. You know, uh, we might be able to hit more fairways, Benny, even you. Uh, who's, uh, it's a stretch, but I see where you're going. <laughs> um, another guy I want to bring up who started before Houston Open, he was 225-1 to 1 to win. DraftKings priced him as such. 
but a top 15 at the Houston Open and gaining throughout the bag. I know it's a guy you really don't like to talk about, but at 110 to 1, he's the he's the shortest, longest mover. I don't even know how to say that. Maybe you can help me. His odds have been basically cut in half, and it's Francesco Molinari. Yeah, it's interesting. So the, you can look at it two ways. He came to Houston, and he had been awful. He had lost five straight with the putter. He gained three strokes putting at Houston. Yep. Um, if you think that's an outlier, this is the easiest fade around. Uh, I mean, listen, we're talking about massive long shots anyway. Chances are they won't get in the mix. But if you think that he found something around the green uh, and with the putter, certainly his ball striking has always been world class. And if he gets back to that... This is a guy that not that long ago, we all remember, you know, Tiger won that Masters, but Molinari, if you kind of want to say someone lost it, it would be him. He was right there. So I get it. Obviously, a lot of the value to me has been taken out because of one good event at Houston, and that is a concern. Yeah, I would have loved, uh, and, you know, of course, this is the foresight. This is kind of what we, we talked about at, at the top of getting in those bets early and sometimes it can it can really prevail and certainly with Molinari if you expected him to come here and have a chance at a top 20 or maybe even a top 10 as he comes into peaking you know he hasn't played a lot of golf like you said Houston Open was his second start since coming back from COVID so if he's been doing a lot of work uh by himself and looking to peak this week certainly uh betting him which you could have done you know probably add at least 10 to 1 for a top 10 uh I'm sorry a top 20 now you're only getting 5-1, to one, which, again, I still don't think is bad if you do believe he is in form or coming into form um, like he's suggesting that he is. He's now down to 3-1 to one on the top 20. Granted, they're only 94 golfers, so maybe a little bit easier to get inside the top 20 there. Okay, now let's give our bombs, uh, our, our guys that at least we think could compete for a top 10. We'll talk about their odds to win, uh, but really what we're looking for is someone in a top 10 and Guy that stuck out to me that I think is playing really good golf. Um, I know we don't like to bet first timers here at Augusta. It's you know it, it, there's a thing. I don't know if any first timer has ever won. I'd have to go look that up, but I'm almost positive. But this guy, yeah, it's it's been a long time if it has ever happened. Um, but I'm ta- thinking about for in terms of a bet, he's sitting at 200, eh, 200 to one. To win, like I said again, I don't think this guy's going to win. That's not what we're talking about here, but more for an each way. Playing good golf, and he's played superb around the green, which I do think matters here. And that's Sebastian Munoz, a guy that has certainly loves the fall circuit, loves playing golf around this time of the year. Uh, 201, um, does he interest you or anybody else in this 200 or 250 to 1 range? So obviously down here you're not going to get players that have – a ton of experience or a ton of success for good reason. If, if they did, they would be shorter odds. Much shorter, yeah. Uh, so Munoz is obviously taking steps forward, similar to Lanto. Uh, I get that to me. I'm going to go with a guy who hasn't had a ton of success, but uh, he's a big game type of guy. He's got a WGC win. He's got Georgia roots. I'm going to Kevin Kisner. Um, he is someone certainly we need the course not to favor the Bombers for him. He's not going to you know, hang in off the tee, but he's 150 to 1 right now. Certainly, you're going to get some good odds, even if you go down to top 10s, top 20s on him. And it's someone, like I said, he does it differently. He can get really hot with the irons. He can make a ton of putts. So for a guy like that on bank grass, I think that you could look to him as a sneaky pick, especially if you think that shorter hitters can hang in. Yeah, and here's a guy that, like you said, Georgia Roots, uh, he's made all four uh, cuts uh, that in the last four tries since 2016. He didn't qualify in 2015. Only one top 25 there, but still, three chance, uh, four chances, 
made the cut in all four. So certainly uh, if the course ends up playing typical or normal, I'll say, of Augusta, I think he's certainly got a chance uh, to get there in the top 20. So, all right, Ben and I are going to have tremendous amounts more content coming out here in the next three or four days, including the in-tournament stuff. So I guess I should say the next six days as it starts Masters Week, the best week in golf. Not only, like I said at the top of the podcast, not only do we get the best golf course, we get the best coverage and the best field. And Daniel Berger's not even in it, Ben, so we don't even have to worry about that guy. It's quite useful. Yeah, it's going to be a great week. I really can't wait to get it started. Same here. So, uh, again, of course, if you're looking for DFS uh, information or a little advice, Ben and I, 8.30 on our Wednesday Live Before Lock show. Of course, you can catch Ben also on our PGA DFS strategy show with Timothy Frank uh, tomorrow afternoon. So we're doing this on Monday morning, so tomorrow afternoon, Tuesday. Ben, 2.30 for that show, correct? Yes, sir. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you all for joining the Opening Tee Podcast for the Masters this year. Of course, stay tuned for all the rest of our great content and check out uh, the rest of our podcast, of course, on the uh, Osmo Golf Podcast channel. And thanks all for joining. We will see you on the other side. Good luck this week. Cheers.